Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. The Bar, Biblical and Performing. For those of us who claim Christ, our authority is the Scripture. For those who don't claim Christ or who claim another, I'd like for them to, we challenge them to explain a standard of truth apart from Scripture. Uh, explain the nature of good and evil apart, apart from the Scripture. Um, there, there's, you, you have no context, there's no justification for it, except for the whims of, of, man, of, you know, of men. And so, man, we, we stand upon the foundation of the Scripture, sola scriptura, Scripture alone, man. Doctrine. Yeah, sola scriptura. Sola scriptura. Scripture alone. That means scripture alone. What's your eternal situation for the age of creation? For he laid the foundation. Was a plan for expiation? Christ became propitiation. Meaning he switched his places on the cross for our disgraces. In the crowd, he saw our faces. Welcome everybody to the bar. We back in here again. So excited to be on your radio station. Uh, whether you're listening to this, uh, working out or driving in the car, it's always a privilege uh to 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 be in your ear and that you you click on this link man we're so excited um tonight uh many of you probably was returning looking for the part two of the debate uh we had some uh technical i guess not technical but we had some some conflict the schedules and we weren't able to get on one half uh the other half is here i'm gonna introduce him in a second but we weren't able to get one half of the debate on, and 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 my man Jonathan can't debate himself. So, but he is here with me tonight. I'm so excited to have Mr. Jonathan. How are you tonight, sir? I'm doing great. Yes, sir. If you remember, Jonathan was with us last week uh, when we were discussing the monogism uh, versus synergism, and and uh, he was actually scheduled to come back to do a more formal debate. Uh, with one of the gentlemen that were on was on the uh, broadcast last week, but like I said, uh, conflict of schedule. Uh, uh, the other gentleman could not be here, and also I'm missing my two Padres, my two homeboys, uh, Virgil and uh, and T Barlow. Well, Virgil is actually uh, in school right now and uh, going pretty f- hardcore on that man driving to the actual campus. And uh, he's not going to be with us for a couple of episodes. And Barlow uh, has something come up, kind of, uh, kind of uh, all of a sudden he had to take care of. But we hope that Barlow will be able to join us later. Um, but I think it was well. I mean, you know, it, it's all predestined by God um, that that it worked out this way because we were able to address something that's hot in the media right now when they talk about the uh the the orlando shooting with the 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 nightclub and you know if you listen to this i'm sure you unless you've been under a rock you've heard uh what's happened in that city and and all the things and all the reactions and all the rebuttals and we just want to bring it to you from a uh a reformed biblical worldview um and, and jay i'm just uh let you just you know, whatever kind of intro you want to give to the people, kind of the direction that we're going tonight, man, I'm just going to pass the mic to you, man, so I don't talk it up too much. 
All right. Well, I mean, I guess the the first thing as far as the responses that come out, it seems like in the media um, you're going to have two views. One is that you can either choose to, you know, um, feel for the victims, and, and, and by, by doing that, you're supposed to put, like, a rainbow-colored flag on your Facebook profile. You're supposed to, you know, wave rainbow-colored flags and just be very affirming of the lifestyle because it was a, you know, bar full of homosexuals. And so if we're going to be compassionate toward them as the victims, we need to support everything that they were doing. Um, and then the other perspective that the media is putting forward is, you know, a King James only fundamentalist Baptist that's <laughs> saying all sodomites should be lined up against the wall and shot, or, you know, the only tragedy is that, that more weren't killed. Um, you know, there was an article that was going around on Facebook where this guy basically, um, you know, said some pretty horrible, awful things. Um, you know, for, for those that maybe didn't see the article, he, he specifically, uh, here's the quote, it says, hey, are you sad that 50 uh, pedophiles will kill today? No, I think that's great. And basically he's comparing, you know, why would I be sad about 50 homosexuals? I wouldn't be sad about 50 pedophiles. So, hey, you know, all that, all the better. And, and this is, he continues to quote, I think that helps society. I think Orlando, Florida is a little safer tonight. Mm. Um, uh, you know, I mean, his, his, uh, his entire thing is just, you know, and he literally said the tragedy is that more of them didn't die. Right. Um, I mean, he was basically cheering on the guy that went in there and, and shot up this far. Um, and, you know, neither one of those responses is Christian, frankly. Um, um, you know, we need to make sure that we're following what a biblical worldview would be on why did this happen, um, did, did God have any purpose in this, and, and all that. And, you know, acknowledging that, yes, homosexuality is a sin, but so is murder. And, mm -hmm. you know, how do we come to a balanced perspective on that kind of thing? Right, right. And I think that's important, man, because um, that's pretty much what the media has portrayed. Those basically perfectly said those two different sides, the one or the other extreme. Um, but there's no there's no sound, you know, and, and it's almost like I hate to say it, man. It's almost like when when uh, something happened, you know, uh, in the hood, they always get a mic to the most loud, obnoxious, you know, person to uh represent what happened you know and that's where we get all these famous youtube clips and things of that nature and the media they 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 they, they don't hesitate to do that um i actually heard that uh that dr albert moeller gave a great address at the southern baptist convention uh dealing with this um and then you know like where were they on that you know like someone with with some sound you know worldview knowledge you know where what was the media on that why why isn't that on cnn you know what i'm saying right why do they pick like some tiny fundamentalist baptist church you know a bunch of king james only us in the <laughs> in the depth of sacramento somewhere and be like there's the christian response like come on man <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly man and you know the i guess you know one thing that that i want us to kind of talk about um because you know, uh, well, I don't know. Well, you, most people know I'm in I'm in South Carolina, and you know we had the the, the tragedy in Charleston with the nine people at the church, um, and one of the well-renowned pastors in this area. I mean, uh, mega church, you know, 
he got on the news and and they asked him they said you know was this you know did god have anything to do with this blah 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 and he basically basically destroyed the sovereignty of god you know what i'm saying like i think that that version of the story needs to be told as well like he basically said this is something that was out of god's hand and he ain't have you know he didn't have nothing to do with it and i'm thinking like what what god are you talking about you know like like <laughs> like my god is, yeah, right. is, is is sovereign i mean you know he, he he's all knowing he can't he can't learn anything you know he, he knows everything you know and i think that that actual perspective need to be addressed as well what what's your take on that man especially you know with, with this situation it being very tender how how would you approach that yeah, I mean, I, I think this is where we need to be careful to, to keep it balanced. I mean, theologically speaking, obviously we can say, um, you know, is God judging the homosexuals through this? Well, the answer there is yes, mm-hmm. but we also need to balance that to understand that God's judgment can literally fall on any sinner at any time. Right. It's not like there's going to be, oh, well, God is, at war with the homosexuals, and he's not at war with the, um, you know, there's, there's no enmity between God and the heterosexuals that are fornicating in the next bar right. down the street, you know. <laughs> so, exactly. um, you know, so, so so that's where we have to have a balanced perspective that, you know, for one thing, God's wrath is, is being revealed right now and, and always is against unrighteousness of all kinds. And so, you know, when we're looking at something like this, we can say, okay, yeah, you know, God is in control. Um, but should we be saying, oh, this is a great thing that God did that? Right, no. Well, I mean, in the, yeah, I mean, in that God is in control yes. and that God is sovereign over everything, it, it is part of his holy plan, so in that way it's good. But look, murder is evil, mm-hmm. and, and it's not a good thing. It's, it's an evil, sinful act just like the evil sinful acts of drunkenness and homosexuality and fornication and all the other things that you could list. Um, you know, and sometimes God uses evil sinful people to judge other evil sinful people. Mm-hmm. Um, when he decides to take someone out of this world, then nothing's going to stop him from doing that. And if he wanted those people to live through that night, they would have. So we have to understand that God is sovereign in this situation. But to stand up in a pulpit and say, oh, man, it's a tragedy that more people weren't killed, <laughs> is to just say, then you're not even interested in what God's plan or purpose was at all. You're just venting, you know, because you see this one evil and you're, like, wanting to preach against it to get amens from your fundamental crowd. Right, right. Yeah, and that, I mean, <laughs> the more I think about it, man, I just think about how ridiculous that is. Uh um, that, that he came across that way. Um, and with the, and, and it was a great point that you made about, you know, uh, no different than if it was a heterosexual club, you know, around the corner, you know, uh, uh, for some reason people want to, it's almost like they, they want to defend, like they want to defend God or want to, you know, say, I don't want to paint God as, you know, but they forget that, you know, he hardened the heart of Pharaoh, you know, he, 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 the word says he hardened the heart of Pharaoh. There are some tribes where he, he, he caused them to, 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 to rebel. And then he judged them for rebelling, you know, and those are some of the things that, you know, that are in scripture 
that that we just have to you know we have to say hey that you know God do what He want man that's it's not up to me to defend him or make him look better or whatever man and I think that that's part of the problem when it comes to uh you know the worldview of of you know dealing with tragedy like this you know understanding that that his hand is I mean is is his plan is big and his hand is just and he you know he he moved it across you know it said he shines on the on the righteous and the unrighteous you know and 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 everybody gets a little piece of the pie man i guess um but you know uh i guess my question to you man uh kind of your number three is uh where does uh the compassion of christ fit into all of this well um yeah so with, with that as far as what Jesus' message was, he actually had some disasters that happened in his day, and and I always turn to this passage whenever something happens, and, and people are like, where is God in this? How could God let this happen? Or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. I like, what's the response? What does it look like? If, what would Christ say about this mm-hmm. instance? And, and I think we can see that from Luke 13. Um you know, starting at the first verse there, it says, um, there were some presidents at that very time who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And he answered them, do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you'll all likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse offenders? than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you'll all likewise perish. <laughs> so, you know, Jesus isn't saying, um, yeah, they were horrible people, and that was God's judgment falling on them, and, and you know, it's it's uh, too bad that more of them didn't die. You know, his attitude is, yeah, that happened, um, and do you, if you're thinking that somehow they were really bad sinners because that happened to them, um, then you need to be looking to your own life and considering that the judgment of God has the same rights to fall on you as it right. did on them. Right. Um, you know, so, so I think that's the message that the world needs to hear us saying. We're not compromising about the sinfulness of the people that suffered, but what we're doing is we're saying, yeah, and you need to repent too because God's judgment could fall on you tomorrow. They had no idea that God's judgment was coming for them that night. Um, but, you know, everybody else has that same judgment hanging over their head apart from Christ too. Right. Wow. That's, you know, I've, I've, I've read through the book of Luke and never really, uh, pulled out on that, man. But if you think about it, that was kind of a G move, you know, dude was like, <laughs> you know, yeah, that happened. It can happen to y'all too. You better get right. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like Jesus, like, hey, I see it, but you know, you better, you better repent, you know. But that, that's the wonderful thing about about scripture, man. It, everything is in there, man. It just, it amazes me, uh, the the depth of the word, man. And 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 you know, just like in this tragedy, I mean, it's almost, you know, it, it, it even numbered, you know, the eighteen who the tower fell on. I mean that. You know, we can think about tragedies that 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 we have. You know, number counts or body counts, man. And, and the scripture covers that vividly. Like, oh, yeah, this is this is what happened. But you know, you need to repent. You you know, you need to learn from that. And that's something that I think we kind of miss sometimes. You know, yes, it's a tragedy, and we our hearts definitely break for the families, man. But you know, who 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 survived that that will you know repent 
and 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 turn from that lifestyle or or who who what family member you know witnessed that and and realized that you know uh, life is but a vapor you know and repent and 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 come into the kingdom man so that's one of the things that we have to think about uh as well man you know god god's plan is just so so uh, perfect man and just there's so many chambers to it i mean you just never know what event leads to another man and that's why i definitely try not to question <laughs> uh what he do you know i i I think about Job that tried to question him that time, man. And I'm like, well, I definitely want around when you hung the stars and all that good stuff. So, you know, your will. <laughs> right, right. And, and and I think that, you know, for for us to say, oh, well, it was exactly God's purpose in this situation to do this or that. I mean, whether it was for judgment or whether it was for redemptive purposes or a mixture of both, I mean, whatever it was, God has his perfect purposes in that, mm-hmm. and you know, and we have no way of guessing and determining what that is. Mm-hmm. We just don't know. Um, you know, like you said, we have no idea who's, you know, of all the families that were impacted, what's going on in their hearts, how God is dealing with them, you know, whether it be for judgment or for repentance, um, you know. But yeah, I mean, but uh, for us to look at that, at this situation, and I guess put it in a different category, because... It was people who were dealing with the sin of homosexuality that were involved, I think is really, you know, kind of missing the whole point of -hmm. of what's going on, you know, for for this, like like this pastor is an example. He he seemed super excited that, oh, well, it was these sodomites that were being killed. That's so great. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, why is it to him, and, and I mean, as you read the article and looked at his website, it seemed to me that his attitude toward homosexuality was that it was like a super sin, that it was beyond, you know, normal sin. It was just like the worst thing ever, and other sins are kind of, you know, less so. Um, Did you get that impression? Oh, yeah, I totally did, man. Um, um, Just even even in, uh, like I told you, we went to his website and saw what they believe. I mean, they had a special section just for uh, the homosexuality, and I think I let me see if I can read it real quick. It said we believe that sodomy, homosexuality is a sin, an abomination for God, and is which God punishes with death with a death penalty. Uh, no sodomite homosexual will be allowed to attend or join uh, Verity Baptist Church. Um, I mean, they they made it, you know, a, a, a bullet point. And, and what they believe, and and definitely, you know, we we also believe what the scriptures say about homosexuality. I mean, we don't don't. I hope no one listening will will get that twist. We definitely agree with it being a sin, but you know, when you when you put it as this this super sin, you know, that's that's where you know you're you're taking uh taking it out of context. That's that's kind of the way I see it, man. Yeah, and and it just kind of put me in mind that sinless, like in, in Proverbs 6 where it says, uh, you know, there are six things that the Lord hates and seven that are an abomination to him. I mean, homosexuality is called an abomination, mm-hmm. but this passage is saying haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers. 
Well, I'll tell you what. Why doesn't Verity Baptist Church says we don't allow liars to <laughs> right. attend or become members of our church? <laughs> like that's an abomination to God too. Yeah. And I'm not trying to say homosexuality isn't a bad sin. I think we tend to look at something like lying and tend to want to sweep that under the rug because, I mean, you know, I, who doesn't lie once in a while, right? Oh, yeah. But that's totally different. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Apparently, according to Proverbs, it's not. It's, all <laughs> it's also called an abomination. Exactly. Exactly, man. That that That's convicting right there, man. You know, make make you think twice about telling that 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 white lie that you think is uh, minor, man. Uh, wow, I I didn't think about it either, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know, if I, if I, I guess we better find an honest way to tell our wives about that dress or something. But, <laughs> like, <laughs> but I mean, but if you look at scripture and you look at where is homosexuality mentioned in the draft. I mean, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 is, of course, like a, a major point where Christians have to look at that because it says, you know, near the, that basically it says the people who practice homosexualities will not taste the kingdom of God. But if you read that whole verse, it says neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor mm-hmm. many practice the homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor violers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. So it's not like homosexuality is being singled out by the Bible for some specific flavor of hate or animosity. Mm-hmm. Um, because, again, you know, you've got uh, greedy. Well, wow, um, that's pretty inclusive of almost every American. Oh, yeah, most <laughs> I mean, definitely. You know, uh, so, you know, when we're looking at, at a list like this, you need to kind of start to understand that these kind of attitudes of the heart are just the fruit of an unsaved life. And if you can't look at the people in that gay bar and say, there but for the grace of God go I, mm-hmm. instead of standing there and trumpeting about how you're so gr- glad that they're dead, mm-hmm. um, and, and I think you got the gospel some, somewhat wrong in your head because, mm-hmm. you know, you're in this list somewhere apart mm-hmm. from Christ, guaranteed. Probably several places. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely more than one. I I can only speak for Absolutely. myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, you know, and, and yet scripture can can pretty much speak for everybody in that, in that regard, <laughs> as far as that goes. Exactly. But like, yeah, I know, I know, I fall in in that category apart from Christ. But oh, yeah. that's where I would be. So yes, sir. you know. Uh, I mean, but but really, there's there's nowhere where you can find homosexuality in the Bible that doesn't also list other sins that every person struggles with, and yet there seems to be such an emphasis um, on the homosexuality aspect of this, and, and I think a lot of that is because they stand up and say, "I am this," and they actually identify by that sin. Not many right. people are standing up and saying. I am greedy, yep. and we're going to get together. We're going to be greedy together, <laughs> and this we're all going to be drunkards, and everyone has to celebrate our drunkenness with us, and we're going to have drunken pride day or whatever else. I think we might be getting there. I, I think it's called St. Patrick's Day, but <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, this stuff. There's you know that people aren't wrapping that around themselves as this is my identity, this is who I am. Though they are doing that with homosexuality, which seems to, which heightens the tension a lot 
but we need to try to keep a balanced view that it's just a sin like, you know, many of the other sins in this list. Um, it may be particularly destructive in certain ways, and I think that it is singled out in Romans as being something that is more evidence of God's judgment against the people. Right. That he sort of blow over to this. Um, so in that way, I think if you want to put homosexuality on some kind of a pedestal, it's more of a, this is a sign of God's judgment against these people, which to me just says they need the gospel so much more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, it's not, a, it's not a thing where we should be going out and executing them. And even though that is in the Bible, that was old covenant nation of Israel type stuff. That was not designed for the church to be going around and encouraging us to set out firing squads and shooting them or doing whatever else right. people are saying. Well, I'm glad you brought Completely. that up because, because uh, you know, uh, I know if you watched that that little video clip, the the, the I guess the homosexual representative um, that try, they try to uh, I guess discredit the Bible. That's their first move, um, and and I would say that uh, lack of uh, I guess good hermeneutics and good uh, context, you know, in the church makes this almost possible um because because it's is perfect that you talked about the 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 some of the, the the laws that you know that we're no longer under and then also you know the guy brought up the the translations and all of that stuff man and 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 that and 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 again that's that's pretty much why this is so big because you know this is the only sin that has a movement you know that has a a label and and they you know that all the other stuff, like you said, they're not badges of honor. People don't run around saying they're this, these things. And, 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 you know, when, when you do approach them, cause I know, uh, you probably do, you, you know, Barlow say you do a lot of, you know, work on the streets. Y'all be on the street. Uh, have you ever ran into that? I know it's kind of off topic a little bit, but have you ever ran into that? You know, where, you know, they try to hit you with, you know, the, the Bible has been translated too many times or, you know, are we under the old covenant, new covenant, you know, about homosexuality? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely a pretty bad misunderstanding of how the Old Testament and New Testament relate to each other. And certainly from non-believer, they're not even considering, like, Old Testament, New Testament, Old Covenant, New Covenant, Nation of Israel versus the Church. They're just, like, on... I hate Christians.com, go, you know, find arguments to throw at Christians to make them go, I don't know what I'm doing. Because frankly, a lot of Christians don't understand the difference between yep. Israel church and the old covenant and the new covenant and how those things relate to each other. Yep. Um, I mean, that might be an interesting whole show topic someday. But, oh yeah. I mean, kind of keep it brief on, on, on this particular issue. Um, when you've got a nation that is devoted to God, um, you're not going to have, you know, gay bars in that nation. You're not going to have homosexuality. God is not going to permit those kind of things in that nation, just like we shouldn't be permitting those things in the church. But when we want to purify the church, we excommunicate people. It's called church discipline. Mm-hmm. We're not execute. <laughs> um, in those days, how do you get a person out of your nation? Well, I mean, I suppose you could banish them, but that's basically executing them because... You know, it's ancient times, agricultural society. It's not like you could just move across the country and settle down in Assyria and be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, 
know, so so that's how they remove people from the midst. But we're in the church now. We have other ways of handling those kinds of issues, and in the New Covenant, it's a completely different mindset. The kingdom is spiritual, not physical, and so the the penalties that are physical penalties probably, you know, need to be looking at those carefully and be like, hey, we're not a government, we're a mm-hmm. church. There's a whole difference in how those things are administered. Yeah, that's so true, man. That's so true. Uh, well, I'm going to put this little commercial in here. Uh, if you're listening, man, it's me and my man, Jonathan. Uh, new brother, man. I, I claim he's a new brother, man, That uh, all the way from Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, we up here, you know, addressing the recent topic in the news, man, with the uh, the shooting in Orlando. Just giving it a, 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 a biblical, reformed biblical perspective. Um, and also addressing uh, one of the uh, responses from a pastor uh, in uh, California that that made a radical, made some radical statements. But uh, this is the bar, man, and and uh, make sure you follow us on uh, Facebook. That's uh, Be Not Deceived. You can search it in the search bar. Be Not Deceived, three words, and then we're also on Twitter at uh, twitter.com slash bnd2012. Um, you can also email us at be, uh, be not deceived 2012 at gmail.com. And you can also call us, but I can't find my number right now, but I'll give it to you at the end of the show. Uh, like I said, I'm here with my brother, Jonathan. Uh, hadn't heard from Barlow, Jonathan. He must have stood us all the way up, man. What you think? I don't know. We'll see if he shows up. I, I know that he had some running around to do. Maybe he got delayed by traffic or something, so we'll see. Traffic in Omaha? Y'all got traffic? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got a little bit. You know, uh, it happens. Okay. Okay. Things like that, you know. Okay. All right, man. I, I always have my Omaha jokes, but you know, I I leave I leave them alone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're we're a big we're a big small town down here in Omaha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna come visit, man. That's that's my plan. One day is to come visit you guys. Uh, come see Barlow and Virgil. And now you, man, and and uh, Tim, man. I I, I want to come and check you guys out, man. Hang out a little bit. That's my plan. So, wife, if you're listening, let me go. No. <laughs> oh man, but uh, but yeah, man. So, getting back on topic, man. Um. Uh, let's see. Well, Jonathan, I'm gonna let you. Uh, I guess. Because I, I see this little note here, but I'm having a hard time to figure out how to segue to it. So I'm just going to let you jump right in, man, on, on the next thing on your outline, and, and we'll just follow suit. All right. Yeah, sounds good. So um, I guess, like, before I get into that too much, I wanted to briefly address the, the interpretation thing, because that seems to be another, like, the translation issue. Because in that one article, um, I know that they basically said, oh, look at this, the Bible's been translated from... Hebrew to Greek to Latin mm-hmm. to something else to English or whatever. It's like, you, you realize that we have people that read the original languages and <laughs> translate directly from one language to the other. Like, they have no concept of how these things actually work. They're just trying to get sound worse than it is, you know. <laughs> and, um, but, you know, it, it's like, it's like yeah, this, this whole thing about how they try to put stuff together, um, it's, just completely ignorance. And what I would just encourage for, because I doubt there's anyone in this audience that, that thinks that that's how it came about, mm-hmm. but I would just encourage anybody who's listening that does not have a really good, solid grasp on 
where the Bible came from. If you're going to be out there engaging the world, you need to have a good grasp on where the Bible came from. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's resources out there to educate yourself, but you are going to run into that objection, I promise I'm sure. you. Scripture is going to be attacked, so, you know, educate yourself so you can handle stuff like that. It's not that hard to find resources to do that, but, man, it's so important. Oh, yeah. Um, because the world has a story it wants to tell about the Bible, and it's ridiculous, and you need to understand why. <laughs> <Wait>. You know, <laughs> well, uh, it's Dan Brown' fault, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, he had a big part in it, but it ain't. It been happening way well before him, man. But it, it, it's amazing that whole you know Da Vinci Code, man. I mean, church folks. See, you know, I, I deal with a little different demographic, man, and and, and my folks, man, they. They so easily swayed because they don't know the truth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They just it's just because nobody nobody's teaching that kind of stuff. And soon as somebody brings something that almost makes sense, you know, oh, we, you know, the foundation is gone, man. So that you, yeah, I definitely co-sign with you on that, man. Uh, and those those YouTube researchers like myself, uh, Vody Bachman has a great uh, two part video on uh why i believe the bible um that's that's a good one to give you the the breakdown of the history and uh and where it come from and 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 all of that 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 good stuff but uh i digress go ahead man yeah no i I, and on that too like i know james white has a really good youtube video out there where he does a presentation on the the veracity of the new testament Mm -hmm. uh where he goes into a lot of like where do the texts come from? I mean, what does it mean that there's all these variants in the manuscripts? And he really lays it out in a way that pretty much anyone can understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does it in a way that's actually not boring. It's kind of fun to see. He's got, like, a slide presentation and everything. And, I mean, I would recommend that. That's an hour really well spent for you to just absorb. I can really believe my Bible is completely preserved and why it's been preserved and how and and it's just uh really great stuff so yeah you know the name the of that video yeah um i i it's something like the veracity of the new testament um I'll, i'd have to um i mean if you do like james white new testament i'm pretty sure you would uh you'd pull it up um so let's see i say you got it got New Testament reliability. Okay. Yep, the reliability New Testament text, Dr. James White. That's the that's the video I was referring to. Thank you, sir. I will be watching that soon. <laughs> yep, that is super excellent. Sweet, highly recommended. Sweet. Well, you already put in a reco. I used to say that for the end of the show, but it was right on time. There you go. <laughs> All right. So, um, I guess as far as the something else that I wanted to address in this just because, you know, last week and, and sort of I've been getting all of my preparation on for this debate about God's sovereignty and salvation, I, you know, kind of wanted to address a little bit about how do we handle God's sovereignty in the case of something like this, because mm-hmm. I know the tendency for something like this is to, to like you kind of mentioned earlier, separate God or try to save God from his own sovereignty mm-hmm. in something like this, where 
you know, oh, it was the sinful Muslim's fault that he went in there and did that of his own free will and, and as if God didn't have anything to do with that. And, and frankly, you know, in something like this, if we're going to say, you know, did God, like, decree or ordain that this shooting would take place? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we, we pretty much, by God's sovereignty, have to say, yeah, because, look, God works all things according to his purpose. Right. Um, I mean, just, if anyone's struggling with the idea of God using evil people to judge evil people, I mean, look at Isaiah 10, where God's bringing the nation of Assyria against another evil nation, which just happened to be Israel, um, you know. Uh, but then later, God sent Babylon against Israel, and then Persia against Babylon, and then Greece against Persia. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, this is something that's been happening, you know, all throughout history, that, that God brings invaders against uh, people or a culture that has right. degraded to a certain point. Um, I mean, but it's not just nations. I mean, even consider how King Saul died. Uh, you know, when it was time for David to take the throne, some archer shot a random arrow and it hit Saul and he got wounded mortally. And, and it's just like, oh, okay, you know, that, <laughs> that's, that's the end of it. But it's just like this random arrow flying around. Right. Not like that was Saul's first battle. But saying that's God's hand at work in even over something as simple as small as that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, God is sovereign over everything. We can't separate him and his sovereignty from acts of evil or else they lose all kinds of purpose. Exactly. You know, there's no purpose behind it, then you know, God doesn't lose control and be like, Oops, oh no, oh, oh man. <laughs> yep. It's, it's you know we laugh man but people don't understand when they take away that sovereignty when they say that he had nothing to do with it it's almost like he woke up sunday morning shocked like us you know like like he woke up and, and saw the news and was like oh you know that's why i got all those prayer prayer requests in my inbox you know <laughs> right yeah, exactly and, and here's the thing i mean i it's really easy to fall into that trap. It seems oh, to be yeah. the way that most American Christians tend to think about the issue. I've made that argument mm-hmm. before, way before, you know, and, and then I learned stuff and, mm-hmm. and got better um, and, and stopped, you know, trying to tear the Bible apart. But, I mean, you know, it's something that, like, I don't know, most people just sort of grow up just thinking that way. I mean, my... Oh, yeah. My five-year-old daughter, we, we were talking about the children of, of uh, the Jews being killed in Egypt and that the girls could live and the boys would be killed and that this was going on in the slavery and all that. And she just said, but it, it, I know it's wrong for the girls to live and the boys to die, but that was all part of God's plan somehow. Wow. I just don't get it. <laughs> it was so I just don't get it. Whoa. Like, yes, I'm explaining the nature of evil and the sovereignty of God to my five year old. That's awesome. That is but, awesome. You know, dude. <laughs> it's just all we're kind of born with. You know, as mm-hmm. soon as we confront that issue, that's like the natural thing that we go to. It's like, yep. ah, what do we do? I don't understand. You know. Mm-hmm. That is so. That is so on point, man. I mean, and to come from a five year old, good grief. 
That is awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, so so this is a really natural question for us to be asking: is you know how do we handle this? But here's the thing: what we can we can absolutely affirm that God was sovereign over this, and that He was in control when that happened. But that doesn't mean that we're going to go in there and we're going to rejoice in right. it, mm-hmm. because I don't see that. God is rejoicing in the judgment. Mm-mm. Now, you know, he is displaying his glory, which means he's, he's displaying all of his attributes, and that includes wrath. Mm-hmm. But it isn't, it isn't like he is enjoying doing it, like he gets pleasure from bringing out the wrath, mm-hmm. if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. So, so how is we... As Christians, how are we supposed to be reacting to something like this? God is sovereign, so how do we deal with it on an emotional level? And I just kind of wanted to bring out something in in Matthew 23 that I thought was relevant. Um, If you're familiar with Matthew 23 at all, this is the one where he's talking to the leaders of Jerusalem, the the religious leaders, calling them vipers. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you... If you ever want some some good texts to fight against people that are saying, well, you should be nice and kind all the time and always say nice <laughs> words and never judge anyone, right. Matthew 23, oh, because Jesus just tears these people apart, um, verbally, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, you know, starting in verse 34, it kind of as he's wrapping up his proclamation of judgment against them, um, it says, therefore I send you prophets and wise men and scribes, some of you of whom you will kill and crucify, some you will flog in your synagogues and persecute from town to town, so that you so that on you may come all the righteous blood shed on earth, from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, son of Barakiah, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not good with all the names, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> Between um, between the sanctuary and the altar, truly I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. I mean, if you think about those words that he just said, mm-hmm. all of the blood, oh, pretty much until like the end of the Old Testament, uh, from a chronological perspective, that's some heavy condemnation that he's laying down right there. Oh yes, yes, because man, yeah. there was a lot of there was a lot of people slain during that time. Yeah, absolutely, and and so you know that, and that all of the blood of all of those are going to fall on that generation. Mm. And actually, in the next chapter, he talks a lot about the judgment of Jerusalem and how it would be destroyed in seventy A.D. But but listen to what his heart is here. He's saying, "Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem is the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often I would have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her blood, her brood under her wings, and you were not willing." Um, and, and again, I kind of want to emphasize here, this is talking about he's wanting to gather the children of Jerusalem and it's the leaders who are not willing. This is not a free will verse. I know they love to quote this. It's not what it's talking about. It feels compelled not here because it's one of the most miscited verses ever. Right. Um, here's the thing. Um, he's declaring judgment on them and yet he's also showing that there's compassion. Mm-hmm. And you know what? A lot of 
a lot of those people he did gather. Um, if you read in Acts 2, I mean, well over 3,000 the first day, and the church continued to grow after that. I mean, the first mega church was in Jerusalem. Right. I don't know how they did it. <laughs> they didn't have a million-dollar budget building and everything else, but, but I mean, they had thousands of people in that church. And, uh, you know, but, look, he's not celebrating over that this is coming here. Right. You know, uh, there, there's one point in, in a parallel passage where he actually weeps over Jerusalem. So, you know, his heart toward them is not of, oh, man, I'm going to get you, and I'm going to be so happy about it, and, and the only tragedy is more of them didn't get killed. I mean, that's not the attitude that Jesus is taking about this. No way. Um, so, you know, I, and just another passage that kind of wanted to bring out here is in Ezekiel 33.10. Um it says, and you, son of man, say to the house of Israel, thus have you said, surely our transgressions and our sins are upon us, and we rot away because of them. How then can we live? Say to them, as I live, declares the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn back, turn back from the evil ways, for why will you die, O house of Israel? Um, so, I mean... Here we have, obviously, you know, God in the, in the prophets is judging against sin. He's, he's warning them that death is going to be the result. And yet, he's saying, I take no pleasure in that. Right. Um, it doesn't, God is not in control of the situation. And he's just weakly sort of pleading with them, come on, guys, <laughs> please, what I want you to do. I, just, I, I would save you, but I just can't unless you cooperate. That's not what this is saying. Right. What it is saying, as heart, it's not just the, the, the emotion, the feelings that God has toward these people, it's not just wrath. Mm-hmm. There's also sorrow in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's really hard for us to wrap our brains around that, because when we get really, really angry about something, usually some kind of nasty sin tendency of desire for sinful vengeance or, or something just clouds our ability to even try to have wrath and compassion toward the same person. Um, right. Uh, that doesn't really work very well in, in a human mind, but again, God's ways are not our ways, and so all we can really this and say, yeah, you know what, this is the way that it is, mm-hmm. and, and that's what God says about himself. And so, you know, when we are looking at a situation like this, I think it's really important to understand that God's feeling toward those people is not only wrath, but also that there is compassion and sorrow for, you know, the death of the wicked right. in there. And we have to have that balance, too. Yeah, that that, that is so important, um, because so sometimes, you know, we tend, you know, like we've been talking all night about balance, to think that because there, there is wrath there, that there is no compassion. Um, and, and Ezekiel just shows you that's far from the truth, man. And that's that that's very important. Um, and and I was listening to uh, to uh, the briefing on my way home, and and you know, and and Al Mohler was talking about you know the these people. No matter their sin, you know, like like we said earlier, uh, through the grace of God, you know, no worse than us. But they still are image bearers, and they still are, you know, uh, image bearers of God, and 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 they're still, you know, their their the, the humanity, and and their need. We need to, uh, as a church, you know, we need to 
to be sorrowful. You know, we don't need to rejoice and and say that you know I wish there were more and and all of that. We 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 you know we need to have you know because these are our lives lost. You know, uh, and that, I, I think that that it's important that that we put that out there, man. That's that's why I think this is a really really good show, man. That we we bring that perspective that uh people see that side cuz cuz it's it's easy so easy to go on either either side of the spectrum where like you said earlier you know where you just accept the the sin and and all of that or to the other extreme where you you celebrate it man i i think as as believers uh we should we should definitely be prayerful for the families and 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 and, and you know uh take on their hurt you know um uh, as well as you know, use this as an opportunity to preach the gospel, um, and and also as an opportunity to 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 explain the sovereignty of God uh, to those that that may not understand or or have questions. You know, one thing I've noticed that any tragedy, you know, uh, no, I've I've worked since in the last eight years. I've been at three different companies, and any tragedy, man, people have questions. You know, uh, they, they know that, that I'm in ministry and, 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 and it, it gives me an opportunity to share the gospel. It gives me an opportunity to share, you know, and, and I'll say, Hey, go to my, uh, (laughs) my iTunes and listen to this message, you know, and, 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 and it's good that we put this resource out there, man, uh, for, for people to check out and, and, and be informed, man. So, uh. Okay, Jay. Uh, anything else, man? You wanna you wanna throw out there any uh, any direction you wanna go, man? We can we can drop it off in the next ten minutes, or how you wanna do it, boss man? Well, I mean, I, I know that obviously we kind of almost only addressed half of the issue from an ideological standpoint because, mm-hmm. like, there could be a whole can of worms with the fact that it was a a Muslim terrorist. Oh and, yeah, you know, saying that he was loyal to ISIS and all that stuff. I mean, do we have do we want to touch on that at all or sure. get into that? Uh, I'm down, man. I'm down. I just I didn't see that in your notes, but I do remember it in the inbox. Go ahead, man. Let's get it. Yeah. So I mean, I think what as far as addressing that kind of thing um, from what I see in in Facebook a lot as far as, like, what people tend to be posting on this that, that are from a Christian perspective, for, for most of them, um, there seems to be this idea that, ah, see, all Muslims are terrorists kind of thing, and Islam is a violent religion, and it's horrible. And, and I'll tell you, there's a very real perspective where we have to understand that, yeah, look, uh, Muhammad was a 6th uh, or 7th century warlord, and, yeah, a lot of his followers seem to be carrying along that particular tradition. Um, but it's kind of like when, if a Muslim were to look at Stephen Anderson or, or this other, you know, this other guy from the Fundamentalist Baptist Church in Sacramento and, mm-hmm. and be like, oh, that's what Christianity is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think just as we approach this issue from a, perspective of looking at Islam, we need to just be aware of the fact that within Islam, just like within Christianity, there is a wide variety of opinion. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, while there's a 
stronger tendency within Islam to lead to violence because of the nature of how it started and how it propagated for the first, you know, couple hundred years or so. Um, that doesn't mean every Muslim is a terrorist trying to blow your face off. It just right. to 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 take a one-dimensional perspective like that would be just as bad as what CNN or Fox News or whoever what is doing by publishing that article would be like. Oh, look, we found some tiny church in Sacramento where a pastor said a horrible thing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you know. Mm -hmm. And I guess one reason why I wanted to bring this up is I know know, James White posted a Facebook um, note on this because he deals with Islam a lot. Mm -hmm. And I know he's taken some heat for, for that perspective, but it's like, you know, he's all about consistency and equal scales, and, and I would just really agree with what he was saying on, on that, which is you can't lump everybody that is a Muslim into the same bucket any more than you can lump everybody who's even a Baptist, for crying out loud. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, obviously. I mean, I don't want to be in Stephen Anderson's bucket. Uh, right. So, I mean, he, he thinks I'm not saved because I'm a Calvinist, but I, you know, it's just, ah, uh, we're we're not same, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and are the same either. So, like, the best way to go and talk to Muslim and share the gospel is not going to be to say, "Oh, you know, Muhammad is a terrorist, and y'all are terrorists, and you should stop being a terrorist and believe in Jesus." And, Probably not going to be the best approach. <laughs> no, I don't think that would work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I, I totally agree, man, um, with the lumping and, and whitewashing, man. And and it's it's sad because it, it, it's almost like a rerun of uh, 9-11 because the exact same thing happened 9-11. I mean, just all of a sudden, you know, Muslim meant terrorists, you know, all of a sudden, you know, Arabic meant terrorists, you know, um, and, and yeah. in my old apartment, I mean, I had a whole bunch of Arabic buddies, man, and, 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 and it, it was almost sad to hear the stories because it reminded me of civil rights time, man, you know, like the discrimination and the, the looks, you know, um, and that, that, all that, you know, plays into it, you know, on the, on the Muslim level and, and even on the, on the, you know, being from from one of those areas uh but but we have to we have to definitely separate you know the the different groups uh and 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 i totally agree with you man even on the on the baptist side man that's that is it's it's sad but it's true um because there's just so many different uh i guess you could say camps or whatever man we we definitely have to be uh balanced on that um but one thing i can say uh and and definitely if if i'm if i'm in the wrong direction let me know but uh the one thing about muslims not i mean even though they're not all uh uh terrorist or all you know radical you know in the quran there are just you know so many uh pictures and instructions of of uh of violence man you know and so I think that when it set within itself, almost kind of, kind of almost make you want to lump them together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's definitely no getting away from it. When you look at, you know, how did Christianity spread for the first, you know, 300 and some years until 
um, until uh, Rome kind of suddenly turned sort of nominally Christian. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Christianity was illegal. There was no power within Christianity. Mm -hmm. the, the church grew by the blood of the martyrs. So, I mean, if there was any blood being spilt, it was the Christian's blood, mm -hmm. that, and yet the church grew like crazy and, and ended up dominating the Roman Empire and, and beyond. Um, and yet with Islam, you see that it was the blood of everybody else that was being spilled so that, you know, within a hundred or so years after um, Muhammad died, they were laying siege to, you know, Constantinople. So it's like, yeah, very different stories of expansion and, and how that those religions played out in their early years. So there is a legacy of violence, and Islam has to honestly deal with that. So mm -hmm. it's a valid question to ask. It's a valid observation to make. We just need to be careful and, again, balance as we're making those observations right. that people will say, well, that was war, not terrorism, and, and they try to draw those distinctions. And, you know, we could argue about whether they're valid or not, but the fact is, you know, from a Christian perspective, the Quran was not inspired. It was just, you know, whether it was, you know, some kind of evil spirit influence or something. I mean, people will speculate about that, but, mm -hmm. you know, when you look at the Quran, it's just, you know, passages about, well, this is what happened after this battle, and, and you guys should have listened to your prophet better, or you might have won, or something like that. And, right, you know, right. like, you know, there, there's stuff, it's mostly just a book about how you should believe whatever Muhammad is telling you, and, uh, you know, there's some violence and some war passages, and there's some other passages where when he was the minority, where he was all about the equality and the religions being not under compulsion and all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. When he got into power, suddenly that kind of stopped being a priority. Um, so, you know, you, you can kind of look at that from a human perspective and see those things. But for those that believe it's inspired, they're trying to reconcile and, and interpret all those things according to, you know, whatever their kind of previous worldview is. I mean, you can see Christians doing that with the Bible, and that is inspired and consistent. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> but they're doing it anyway, you know? Yeah, that that's so true. Never even thought about that. <laughs> Mr. Barlow, what's up, my man? Oh, man, God is good. I'm just certainly glad to be able to join you guys. Sorry I'm late. <laughs> you know, you know how I go with this. You know I go with the family thing. Oh yeah, man. Oh yeah. I'm glad you can slide in, man. And that's all for. I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, glad to see it. Yeah, I ran out of stuff to say. Uh, <laughs> no, good. You probably even said it all. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, so yeah, no, nah, man, I'm just glad, again, I'm just, just glad to be online with you fellas, if, even if only for, like, a, for a few minutes, man, um, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't said much about this whole incident or whatever or what have you, and, uh, online, I mean, usually when something like this will happen, man, I take off and I get to say stuff, but lately these days, man, I'm finding myself commenting less and just praying more, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and taking action wherever I possibly can take action, and, and if, and if the situation comes up, you know, like to where I end up in the conversation, I do my best to give a biblical response to, uh, to all of this, man. And, and um, yeah, so uh, where, where, where are you guys at in the conversation? So, so I, you know, I want to 
Oh no, nah, you're good, man. We're we're really we're really kind of uh, uh, finishing up. Uh, we were talking about the the Muslim side, um, but what I was gonna get you to do, Barlow, is uh, just just give you know like like let's say this is a conversation, uh, and someone asks you, you know, uh, uh, how first first question would be, uh, why did God let this happen, or where was God in this, and then last question would be. Uh, what what should our response be? And uh, you do that, man. I think that'll that'll take us on out. Uh, and and I'll let Jonathan come back and say something. Uh, you know the the whole why did God let this happen? You know that, that's a question, man. That like crazy, like like I like I think when I think about these things, and and the only thing I can say is 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 that well, for one, God is in control. I I, I trust God to be sovereign. And for whatever reason he has for allowing this to happen, you know, that's his reason. Um, you know, I mean, I do believe in the judgment of God. I do believe that God judges us in many ways. Like, in some ways, he can judge us with the presence of false teachers or bad leadership. And then sometimes, you know, we're, we're punished because the wages of sin are death. Um, that just means that I'm hateful towards the people who don't know. And by all means, like, like uh, I think in a, in a sense, you know, when we talk about uh, the biblical response, and I don't think any Christian... I don't think any real biblical Christian rejoices in the death of, of an unbeliever, you know, or, or 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 the death of anyone for that matter. I don't think we just I don't think we rejoice in, 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 in such things when um when these happen because ultimately, if we say that we love God like we say, if we love God like we say we do it, if we love our neighbor like God tells us to love our neighbors, then our desires will be to see unbelievers saved. And so when somebody is brutally murdered, there's no way that you can justify by biblical standards the celebration of mass murder. Uh, mm -hmm. I, can't, I, can't, I don't see that in Scripture. I don't feel like that's a, a thing to celebrate. And then, you know, on the flip side, you know, when we talk about, uh, talk about these victims, you know, I don't believe that, you know, saying that we're doing anybody any justice by, um, that we're doing, that we're doing any good by, by trying to paint these people as if they were innocent. Well, the Bible says that there are none good if we were to be consistent. So usually when I hear that question, why does God allow this to happen? I'm pretty much hearing at the same time, why does God allow evil to exist? Mm -hmm. And so when I take that question at that, you know, from that standpoint, I have to think about how, um, how, how evil I've been in my life. And if God was to be consistent, to consistently just wipe away evil, and the second that evil happens, then He would have, He should have wiped me out a mm -hmm, long time ago. Mm -hmm. So then I have to ask Him, why did God allow me to exist when I was out here doing evil things? Why did He allow me to do the bad things that I did? And the only way, and for me, taking it from that perspective, I guess the only answer I can come up with is well, because for one, He's merciful, mm -hmm. as well as he, He's a righteous judge. There is no sin that will go unpaid for. You know, your sin is going to be paid for one way or the other, either at the cross or on Judgment Day, mm -hmm. one way or another. You, there, there, there will be some vindication for for, for what, what is taking place. And so, whereas the answer may or may not bring comfort to a person, I think that's the answer that it is, because he's God, and he's in the heavens, and he does whatever he pleases. And if, and if it so pleases <laughs> him to, 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 to allow these things to happen so that the ultimate will of his takes place, then so be it. We, we have no way of questioning that. And, I mean, I'm at a place to where I can say that for some people, that might not be a good enough answer. And I don't know, and at that point, I, I mean, I, was, I don't know what else to tell them. And, you know, again, we're, we're, we're finite beings who are, who are, who are thinking about an infinite God. 
to under, whose understanding surpasses our understanding. It was a horrific event. So a lot of horrific tragedies, uh, tragedies that are taking place over time. But if we sit back and we look at it, I mean, like, let's take, like, for example, slavery. Mm-hmm. You know, slavery, slavery was, a, was a horrible institution. American Shackle slavery, it was, it was a horrible institution. I mean, it was very wicked. And, and people, pe- people my, my, my ancestors were oppressed, right? Mm-hmm. But ultimately, when you, look at, when you look at the providence of God, people were taken from a land and placed into a land that's actually, uh, in so many cases, I mean, we're placed in, in a land to where I feel like there are many opportunities and blessings that arise, many freedoms that you don't, that we probably would not have had. That's a post, uh, straight, huge possibility that we probably would not have had in another country. Now, that may not be the case for all of Africa, but the thing is, is God knows what he's doing. Right. And by bringing us over here, over this country, but what you brought was, for one, on so many levels, even when you, when you think about, like, historically with some of the uh, the slaves, you, you brought a whole new theological experience because you had people who were oppressed and who were slaves believing in the same God that their slave masters professed to believe in, not because they were brainwashed, but because they understood this God to be a deliverer in the midst of hardship, and that's something that stuck with our people, oh, you know, with, with black people over the centuries. You know, I mean, there's, there's providence there. There, are, you know, and so in this, whereas right now we may not be able to see the providence of God in it as of yet, I guarantee you that there was a plan. He was, he was in control when it happened. He may not have been forcing the man to do it, but he was in control. He was still God. He was still present because he's everywhere. He saw exactly what's happening. And on that day of judgment, that sin is going to be taken care of. That sin will be atoned for all of the sins that take place regardless of how horrific the tragedy is, is going to be accounted for. God is a just judge, and we can trust that he will get vindication for all of this. So why did he allow it to happen? I can't answer that. Mm-hmm. All there I say is that God is in the heavens, and he does exactly what he pleases. And that if he was to, and if his goal was to just wipe out evil, he'd have to wipe out this world. Because the Bible says that there are none good. Right. There's none good but him. So in a sense, I thank God that he's merciful for allowing evil to exist, because in doing so, he allowed me to exist. And, and he allowed you guys to exist, and he allows my children to exist. It, it goes that deep, you know. And, and, but at the same time, I have this glorious hope that one day, all of this is going to be done away with, and we'll be with him for an eternity of peace and joy everlasting. And, and so that's how I would answer that, and that's the only way I know how to answer that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You pretty much kind of, uh, kind of did a recap of what me and uh, Jonathan been discussing, man. Uh, and then the Shaolin reference, love it, man, love it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, you know, they come so naturally, man. When people say it, I don't even know what it is that I said. What did I say? <laughs> uh, man, you know, God is in the heaven. Do whatever He pleases. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it was songs, but yeah, I got you. yeah, it was. Cause, cause <laughs> Yeah, it's funny, man, because I, 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 I live streamed my sermon the other day, and I must have said something else that was in the Shaolin song, and, and, and somebody was like, hey, man, caught that Shaolin reference, and I was like, really? Yeah, <laughs> what did I yeah. Say? <laughs> like, like I, I thought I was just preaching. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that. I saw that, too. Yeah, man. Yeah. Good, good deal, man. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, we look, it's, it's amazing, man, that, you know, I, I guess, like, people sometimes, you know, like, when we... Humans, like, we, we interpret things from a fallen perspective, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, we, and, we, and we don't realize it half the time. And, and, and I've been kind of 
kind of sitting by. Like I said, I haven't really been saying much on social media about this. I haven't even said pray for the founders or any of that. I, I, you know, honestly, like, I've been unplugged a little bit from the news just because, uh, I mean, it, it was just, you know, I pretty much get enough of it from, from, from watching people on social media and so forth. So I really hadn't been watching it myself until on Sunday. I didn't even know anything about what had happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what, you know, but, um, but like, just to, just to research some of the mixed responses. And I, and I get what some of the people are trying to say. Um, but, you know, one thing um, I feel like, like, like people, as far as Christians, and people even actually, I think one thing that people need to understand about Christians, period, whether you're a Christian or not, is that, you know, sinners are not our enemies. They're, they're, they're our mission field. You know, this, we, these are the people that we're supposed to love enough to share the gospel with. And the key word, is, I mean, like, if you're not loving them and sharing this gospel, you know, then you're doing it wrong. I mean, you can share the gospel hatefully. Yeah. And, and I think that's like, if you guys, I don't know if you guys talked about the people, I guess it was a Verity Baptist Church mm-hmm. and so forth. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you know, I, I think, I think like, like there's this, there's this problem where sometimes, man, like, like certain sins will be, will be put up as if they're worse sins, you know, as, as if that sin is worse than another sin. And granted, I do believe that, that, that from a fallen, from a human perspective, yeah, we can't say that. There are sins that are worse, but a person can go to hell for stealing a piece of gum just as much as they can go to hell for the act of homosexuality because sin is sin. It's just like nickels and a hundred dollar bill. You know, at the end of the day, you can classify them both as money, right. you know, and, and, and whatnot, you know. And, and I think that, man, when we get to a point to where we start acting like somebody's sin is just worse than ours, like, like no, like, granted, I've never been a homosexual, but I can't, I don't think that I could rightfully say that a homosexual sin is worse than the sin that I've committed. I, I don't, I mean, I'm not at that point. There are some people who can make a case for it and what have you, and I'm not knocking them for making that case, but truth be told, if that homosexual was to repent and I wasn't, I'd still go to him. Yep. Regardless yep. of how much worse that person's sin was. Mm-hmm. You know, but ultimately, what I think what needs to be understood is, is that when Jesus Christ hung on the cross, he hung on the cross for the sins of all who believe, but for, for, for every sin, of those who believe, you know, and so having said that, there is no unforgivable sin, per se. I mean, other than what they say, blasphemy and the Holy Spirit, which for, for me, my understanding of that is actually dying in unbelief, which, you know, and you guys can correct me on that if I'm wrong, I said, but I believe that that would be the only unforgivable sin, to die in unbelief, because if you died in unbelief, you know, there's it, there is no more forgiveness. Your time ran out, mercy ran out on you, you know, uh, I mean, Again, that's how I'm understanding this. And if you guys can, you know, if you guys know or feel differently, feel free to correct me on this. But having said that, you know, when I see people like like the people that buried back to church, how they put in their mission statement, you know, of what they believe about homosexuality, it's like, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, like, like I agree with them on that, but it's like, but like you know, mission statement, like you like like no, we should be like no sin, period, and start naming more than just homosexuality. What about liars? What about murderers? You know, what about, what yes, about regular heterosexual fornicators? What You know, put all of that in. And why, why, why list just that those one or two sins as if those are unforgivable or as if those can cut to get you cut off? You know what I'm saying? Why you still walking this earth? I mean, I, and I feel like, you know, I, I mean, I just, I just kind of, I believe that people have taken that 
the homosexual agenda, which which I granted I get the seriousness of it because it's the only sin that I can think of that has a pride movement, unless you want to include the abortion industry. But you know, it has such a, a pride movement, and yes, it isn't such a serious thing, but man, you know, people get so caught up in the fact that somebody is homosexual that they're not paying attention to the fact that that you know saying that they're prideful or that they're liars. And, and, and again, I'm talking about the people who are against the homosexuals. They're not getting caught up in the fact that they're adulterers, whether whether they whether physically or just in the heart. Thieves, whether they you know saying whether they cheat on their taxes. It's just like man, you know, we need to be mindful of sin. Period. Right. Which is why you know, since we're talking about you know this and, and dealing with the homosexual, which is why like when it comes to like uh, sharing the gospel with somebody. Uh, with a homosexual, it shouldn't be about I'm gonna share the gospel with you because you're homosexual. It should be I'm sharing the gospel with you because you are a sinner in need of saving. So that's you know that's 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 kind of that's kind of the stuff that I would have been saying if I'd have got here on time. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> I, I just I just wanted to get all of that out because you guys had a whole hour. Yeah, you know, I wanted to come in. I want to come in and get my 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, we, we appreciate you, man. I mean, I, definitely the perfect uh, recap. You almost touched on everything we've said already. Uh, so that awesome. that's awesome. actually, you know, it, that and, and that that's what I love about, you know, uh, being biblically sound is, uh, you know, we, we hit the same points. Uh, because we believe the same Bible, the same book, man, you know, and we, we stand on the same word. Uh, and that, I think that's awesome. But, uh, hey, man, I think it's time to wrap this thing up. Uh, uh, Jay, any last words, man? No, man, I think that Paul uh, pretty much covered everything yeah. that uh, as far as any kind of recap would go. I, I'm pretty much tapped out. I, I think we've done a good job of covering the topic. I would just say that uh, you know anybody that's confused or or not really able to handle this issue or, or I mean like you I, I love what you said we're saying the same things because we're reading the same word and, and I just encourage anyone that's listening that is you know wants to be in the word but maybe wouldn't have been able to jump in and give the same answer as what we were talking about or what you just came in here and, and was able to drop it, but, you know, last minute, and he just spit it all out, and it was right there on, on top of his head, and, you know, spend some time on these issues, get grounded, because the world is going to be asking these questions, yes, and sir. we need to present a Google answer that doesn't sound like, the you know, the extreme picture of, of Christians that... that the world wants to put out, and also doesn't sound like the namby pamby. I don't really know what I believe. I just want to get good ratings, like a Joel Osteen or something. Right. Something out there. Right. Right. No. Yes, sir. Okay then. Well, Barlow, you ain't yeah. got nothing to say because you just talked the last fifteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I got that's it. That's what's up, man. <laughs> I got it up. Well, that's what's up. I appreciate you guys, man, and and uh, we thank you for tuning in to the bar where we are biblical and reformed. God bless, and we'll holler at you next time. Grace and peace. The bar, biblical and reforming. For those of us who claim Christ, our authority is the Scripture. For those who don't claim Christ or who claim another, I'd like for them to we challenge them to explain a standard of truth apart from Scripture. Uh, it, it explain the nature of good and evil apart, apart from the scripture.
Um, that there, there's you, you have no context. There's no justification for it except for the whims of of, man, of you know men. And so, man, we we stand upon the foundation of the scripture, sola scriptura, scripture alone, man. Doctrine, yeah, sola scriptura, scripture alone. That means scripture alone. What's your eternal situation for the age of creation? For he laid the foundation. Was the plan for expiation? Christ became propitiation. Meaning he switched his places on the cross for our disgraces. In the crowd, he saw our faces. Yes. What's up, bar listeners? It's finally here. The bar exclusive content. Yes, that's right. You can sign up to receive exclusive content as low as $2 a week or $5 a month, $50 for the year to get exclusive content. What is the exclusive content? I'm glad you asked. The exclusive content is additional information from my guests, extra time with them in like the green moon setting, laid back, them asking me questions, I ask them questions, and also the Facebook group. You get an invitation to the Facebook group where we will have discount codes for the bar gear and many many more make sure you sign up the links in the show notes join the vip inside the bar group and we'll see you there